You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Awesome, man. You're looking alive, looking good, sounding good, man. Your singing was out of control this morning. So loud, beautiful, man. And uh, it is Sign Up Sunday for small groups, so make sure you sign yourself up. The team's going to be down the back uh, after the service, so go hang out there. Welcome online. Botany, can you put your hands together? Let's walk up. Welcome our online campus this morning. So good to have you guys join with us. I also hear that there's some uh, people from camp, Encounter Camp, who are tuning in this morning. So if you're at camp, welcome. It's so good to have you guys here as well. Um, it's very, very cool. Yeah, you can welcome them if you want to. It's one of those awkward claps that doesn't quite go somewhere, eh? It's like, it's starting, but then it didn't go anywhere. This half of the room wanted to, this half didn't. You guys are like, we ain't clapping. You're like, we want to clap. We don't want to clap. It's cool. We're going to, you guys can fight it out later. Small groups that are excited, small groups that are a little bit like, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm just joking. Hey, I want to just also just welcome you to uh, this Anzac weekend. Obviously, you know, this is uh, a, a time in our nation where we just pause and reflect and take a moment to just honor um, those uh, who have gone before us and often paid the ultimate sacrifice and fought many wars for the freedoms that we have. And uh, we're so thankful for that. I've got my own uh, ancestors who fought in both wars. And, uh, and so lest we forget, we take a moment to pause. I always have, like on this weekend, I always forget to get my poppy. And then I'm like, coming to church, I'm like, oh, I didn't have my poppy. So if you've got a, a poppy you can loan me, I'd greatly receive that. Um, welcome any guests and stuff. Pa- Pastor Wayne's got one. Bring it up here, man. I'll put it on later. All right, uh, welcome any guests we've got hanging out with us here today. Uh, this is like the royal procession of getting me a poppy. Here we go. It doesn't, it doesn't have a pin, so. <laughs> Hard to get good help around here these days, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Pray for Pastor Wayne. He, he almost got there. Uh, oh my gosh, this is going pear-shaped already. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, welcome guests. If you're visiting us for the first time, welcome. Uh, as you can see, we have no idea what we're doing around here, and we're going to have a good time doing it. Uh, we're actually in a new series today. Uh, we started it last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, Pastor Luke started it. Uh, it's called Chasing Shadows, where we look back into the Old Testament, and we see the foreshadowings of Jesus in the Old Testament, and uh, our hope is that as we look back and see Jesus there in the text, that we'll also look in our own lives today and see God at work and Jesus present in the midst of everything that we also go through now. And uh, I've called today's message, Another in the Fire. And I wanna take us to Daniel chapter three, uh, a great passage of scripture in Daniel chapter three. And I wanna give you just quickly some context to the text we're about to read. If you've got the Elam Christian Center app, you can pull the app out, all the notes are there as well. Um, You can find the notes and podcasts and stuff there as well. You can follow along with the screen or grab your Bible out to Daniel chapter three. Um, Just some context, this this, um, is written in the time just before the um, Jewish exile to Babylon, where the nation of Israel was taken into captivity and exile in Babylon. Uh, This is just before that, and what happened was the king sent some people and, and they took from within the Jewish population a number of the Jewish men who were good-looking, well-learned, like the highest, kind of the best cream of the crop in the bunch that they were going to bring into Babylon and train them in the ways of Babylon. And as I look across the front row, I kind of see that most of you guys wouldn't make the cut. I'm just... (laughs) But they took these, uh, these Jewish men into captivity 
and they trained them in the ways of Babylon, and they renamed them, they gave them new names, Babylonian names, and there is a king called Nebuchadnezzar who's in charge at this time, and he sets up a golden image, a golden statue, that whenever music is played, everyone has to bow down and worship this golden statue. Uh, now, the golden statue is most likely uh, of the god Nebo, which is the Babylonian god, and uh, the god whom Nebuchadnezzar gets his name from, Nebuchadnezzar means uh, Nebo protects the crown, and so he sets up a golden image that when everyone, whenever music plays, people are supposed to bow down and worship this image. Now, this is a problem for these Jewish men that are, are there, because for them to bow down and worship a golden image is in violation of the second commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods above me, so you shall worship no other gods. And so the, the punishment for not bowing down and worshiping is to be thrown into a fiery furnace. It's, it's, it's execution. Like you, if you don't bow down and worship, you're gonna get thrown into the furnace. Now it's most likely that the furnace that you're thrown into is the same furnace used to make the gold to make the statue, which is kind of cool and interesting. But this is where we pick up our story these guys are supposed to be bowing down and worshiping. They don't do it. And here is where we go. Daniel chapter three, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's not their real names. Those are the Babylonian names they were given. An interesting study, if you wanna do in your own time, is to look at what names they did have and what names they were changed to. It's a very fascinating study, but you can do that in your own time. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able, able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. If not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image you've set up. Verse 27, of verse 23, sorry. These men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound. Remember that word, bound. It's gonna be important later. Into the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered the king, true, O king, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace and declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here, and they came out of the fire, and those gathered together saw that the fire had not had any power over their bodies, the hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. There was another in the fire. Another in the fire. Can you imagine that moment where you look in and there's four, not three? Many scholars believe that this fourth man in the fire is actually a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. That over 600 years before Jesus went to the cross, he showed up in the fire. It's amazing. Now others, this is debatable, by the way, just so you know, full disclosure, this is debatable. Some think it could have been just an angel of the Lord or, or, or some other angelic messenger that God sent. Either way, it shows God's character, God's nature and God's heart that he shows up in the fire. And so what I wanna do, and what I wanna suggest to you today, that as we look back and we see that Jesus showing up in the fire, God showing up in the fire with these three men, that God still shows up in the fires that you and I go through in our lives today. And I wanna explore three fires that we may find ourselves in today, and I want to encourage us that there is always another in the fire. Are you ready this morning? My first thought is this. The first fire we can find ourselves in is the fire of consequence. The fire of consequence. 
Now, this is gonna come as a shock to many of you, but the other day, my wife got pulled over by the police. Yeah, I know, I know. Your pastor <laughs> was pulled over by the police for sending a text message while stopped at a red light. She got a fine and demerit points. I know. You gotta pray for her. Her soul is in peril. Grave danger. So she calls me after this happens and she's furious. She's so upset. This cop, he pulled me over. I can't believe it. I sent one text. It was just one. I looked at my phone for literally a few seconds. And, I, and, and this cop, he was obviously targeting me and watching me and followed me. And it pulled me over. And it's so unfair. And then it turned. You are always on your phone. It's back out me. You're always looking at your phone. When, when you're in the car, like this is, and then, and then the, the, the cop, like it was, he had it in for me, he was targeting me, it's not fair, you're always on your phone. And, and my kids are in the car, by the way, and this is what they say. That's what criminals say. <laughs> yeah, and like we just, we just, we just kept it going, man. We were like, the boys, my boys are like, don't worry, mom, we'll visit you in prison. <laughs> You'll get out on good behavior. It was so funny. Anytime we hear sirens now, the boy's like, mom, they're coming for you. <laughs> it's so good. And so she's like, she's blaming the cops. She's blaming me. Like I'm the bad guy. I don't know how I got, got dragged into this. She's blaming the phone. She's binding the devil. The devil did. It was, it was the devil and his minions. They're coming, coming against me. I had to stop. I said, babe, listen to me. The heat you're experiencing, you created. Like this is a fire of your own making. You sent the message, you did the wrong thing, and this is the consequence. How many of you know I was right? I, I've slept on the couch every night since, but by God, I was right. I'm telling you. I wanna say to you, church, not every fire you experience in your life should be a surprise to you. Because often the fires that I have in my life are a fire of my own making, including the fire that is now in my marriage because I shared that story with you today. <laughs> Tell you what. Most fires I find myself in is because I'm an idiot. And, and it's a consequence of my own dumb decisions, my own stupidity, my own sin, the stuff that I do. And, and I wanna say, friends, don't get upset at God when you're in a fire that you created. Like, like it, what, why didn't Jesus rescue me from this? Jesus isn't your get out of jail free card, but he is your companion in the cell. He may not rescue you from the fire, but he will do the time with you. And he will ensure that the fire does not have a lasting bearing on your life. That the fire of consequence that you are in, you might have created the fire through dumb decisions or bad motives or whatever you've done, but the fire will not define your future because there's another in the fire. And you can come out that other side of that because of Jesus not even smelling like smoke. I believe right now some of you are in a fire of consequence. Maybe it's in your marriage or in your workplace or with your family or something else is going on for you and it's the consequence of a decision or sin or bad, bad ideas that you ran with and it ends up, you're like, man, I'm just living in this moment. I wanna encourage you, don't worry, there's another in the fire. 
and he is in there with you writing the redemptive story and the, the, the consequence of decisions you've made with him in the fire won't have a bearing on your future. You can come through it and you won't even smell like the smoke of what happened in that moment. He is writing your redemptive story. There's another in the fire. Here's a prayer you can pray if you find yourself in that fire. God, help me to trust you to redeem my past and work all things for good. Help me to trust you to redeem my past and work all things for good. The second fire you might find yourself in is the fire of refinement. Refinement. I'm a bit of a nerd, and uh, I know I don't look it, but I am. And uh, I love to, like, learn about stuff. And, like, when I say stuff, I mean stuff, like anything. I love to learn about the world and nature and how things work and all that kind of stuff. And, like, if you said, Steve, you've got one channel, apart from sport, that you can watch for the rest of your life, I would choose something like Discovery or National Geographic or something, because I just, I just lap that stuff up. I le love learning about history and all that kind of stuff. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, and one of the podcasts that I love the most is a thing called Stuff You Should Know. That's the podcast. And you just learn about stuff, and it's really, it's fascinating. And a part of my um, nerdiness has helped me to understand some things. And I have learned to understand how things like precious metals are made. And, and one of the things that when they make gold, so like gold, how you make gold or how you get gold is like you dig it out of the ground, but it's not pure in its form. It has to be refined. And to refine it, they use fire. They heat it up. There is a fire process that it goes through. And what happens when the gold is in that fire, all the impurities in the gold, all the rubbish, all the stuff that is not supposed to be there comes up and they're able to take that away <clears throat> and then the, the gold comes out of that fire, a much purer product, a better product, a more usable product. It no longer has the junk in it that it started with. Can I suggest to you, church, that the fires of life we experience can sometimes be God's process of refining us to come out the other side without the junk that was holding us back. Three men went into the fire, and they went into the fire bound. They were restricted. They were bound up, they were tied up. There were things that were restricting them from being free. The only thing the fire burned was the ropes that bound them. The only thing. Everything else didn't even get touched. No smell of smoke, no singeing, nothing. The only thing that was burned away was that which bound them. And there are often things in our lives that restrict us from the full life that God has for us. Mindsets, beliefs, attitudes, behaviors, patterns of, of living, old habits, and things that we have in our lives. They keep us bound from fully experiencing the freedom God has for us. And often it takes a fire in life for those things to come up to the surface in order for God to remove them. Come on, it's not a fun process, but it's a good process. It's not, and, and, and this is why, I wanna say this is why you need small groups. Because when you go along in life and you're all good, but when the fire comes on your life, when the heat gets turned up, when the pressure is on, stuff comes up to the surface and you need other people to go, where did that come from? Like I haven't seen that before. I haven't seen that in your life. Where did that attitude or that mindset or that belief, that they can see it and go, let's deal with that. Let's walk a journey to get you free from that stuff because as long as that stays, you're never gonna be fully free. You're never gonna be fully able to walk into what God has for you. You're still bound up. Let the fire burn away that stuff so you can come out of it a better version of you. 2020 was 
I believe, well, for me, a year of refinement. I think for many people, it was a year of refinement. I think maybe for the church globally, it was a year of refinement where it was like, man, I know about you. We went through the fire last year, right? 2020, praise God. Personally, for me last year, it was a a year of crazy refinement. And many of you uh, know my story and part of my journey. And the last 18 months for me have been incredibly difficult and different and challenging for for a number of reasons. But the main being that uh, a little over 18 months ago, I got a virus that went into my inner ear, did damage to my balance center in my right ear. So um, it doesn't work properly. And so for me, balance is a, has become a major issue, especially in certain environments like this. That's why I preach from a stool. That's why, like, even today I'm wearing a hat because it helps to reduce stimulus for me. Uh, because for me, my brain is constantly working to keep me balanced. And so if I'm trying to focus and preach and, and get clarity of thought, if I have to also stand and be balanced, then my brain can't do everything. So it's been a crazy journey, crazy journey. And and improving and things, but from last year, 2020, it was, it was crazy. Like when this was all going down, it was all new and it was, it was super difficult. Um, the physically it was hard, but then the other side of it was it became mentally really challenging. So I went through the depths of anxiety and depression and fear and worry and hopelessness and despair and the whole thing, which is a whole nother story, which I'll share with you guys at another time. But in the midst of all that, man, that was like a fire. It was like I'd been thrown into the fire. Everything I was doing and was just like, like I couldn't do it anymore. And going through the midst of that, it was like horrific and horrible. But in the process, God started to refine some stuff in me in the process of going through that fire. There was stuff that God was like, yeah, that way you've been thinking and living and believing. Yeah, we're not gonna do that anymore. That's gonna go. You can't do that anymore. The way you've been working and throwing yourself into everything and running like a million miles an hour, yeah, we're not gonna do that anymore. Because although that's been helpful, it's not gonna be helpful going forward. And that, that way you've been believing and, and, and thinking about stuff and about your call, and, yeah, we're gonna deal with that and we're gonna throw that away too. Because that's not helpful. Like it might be okay, but it's not helpful. It's not gonna, and so the process of going through all that, God actually brought a whole bunch of stuff to the surface, dealt with a bunch of things. And so I've come out the other side, a better leader, more focused, more clear on what my call is, what I'm supposed to do, how I live, how I work. Everything has changed and changed for the better. Did I like the fire? No. Was I alone in the fire? No. There was another in the fire. There was another in the fire. When you choose to follow Jesus, he doesn't promise to take away the fire, but he does promise in the midst of it. That's what he promises. And, and can I suggest that for some of you, the fire you're going through right now, although uncomfortable, may be just what you need. Like if you're going through that fire in, in, like in work or with your boss or with your marriage or ministry, whatever it is, like if, you've got, if you're like, man, our, our marriage is just like under fire right now. It's just like, it's just, all this good. It's a good thing because when you're in that place, all the stuff that shouldn't be there comes to the surface and then you can deal with it. Then you can say, we need help. Help us on this journey. This is not right. And because the, the reason you've got dysfunction in your marriage is because of attitudes and behaviors and mindsets and all that kind of stuff, which actually is destructive. And so you're coexisting, you're doing this thing, but there's always tension. Let the fire come. Because when the, and it heats up and it comes up to the surface, you go, ah, that way of being and communicating and living and thinking, it's not how it works. Get rid of it, come out of it, a better product. Let the fire come. 
and maybe just what you need. Can I also suggest that for some of you, you're praying that God would remove the fire, but the better prayer may be that God would use the fire to remove what's not of him. So many times I say, God, you need to put out this fire and deal with this fire. And God's like, great, I'm gonna start with you. I'm gonna refine the stuff out of your life. I'm like, that's not what I wanted. It's not what I asked for. I asked for you to deal with that person. He's like, cool, it starts with you. Here's a prayer you can pray. If you're in the midst of a fire like that, God, show me what needs to be refined from me so I can be more free in you. So I can be more free in you. The things that bind us, hold us, restrict us, the fire can refine. And you can come out that other side more pure, more usable, a better version of you. God has a process in the fire. My last thought is this, band, you guys can come. The third fire you might find yourself in is the fire of a changing culture. The fire of a changing culture. I, I preached about this uh, while we were in that lockdown earlier this year. So if you've kind of heard this before, be double blessed. Um, one of the things that's been really fascinating to me has been this rise of this thing called cancel culture. Have you guys heard of cancel culture? Like where if you go against the dominant ideology or the dominant political view or the dominant like woke narrative of the world and what's going on at this point in time in culture, and if you like go against that, then there's gonna be pressure to bow down to it. And if you don't, we're gonna cancel you. Like we're gonna burn your life down, man. We're gonna like get you fired from your job. We're gonna stop you being able to do different things and hold positions. And if you've done something wrong in your life, even in your past, if, the, if, the, if it goes against the dominant kind of ideology and we find out about it, then we're still gonna cancel you. You're like, your life's over. We're gonna, we're gonna make sure your life is really difficult because you're a bad person because you go against the dominant narrative and the dominant sort of ideology and thought process. And this worries me because I'm an idiot and I'm ripe for being canceled. That's why it worries me. And you should be too, because we're all a bit messed up and we've all done dumb stuff. Actually, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like none of us actually add up. So like, let's, let's not buy into the cancel culture thing. Otherwise we're all a bit wrecked. And um, I'm also just thankful that when I was an idiot teenager, cell phone cameras didn't exist because my stupidity hasn't been documented. Because <laughs> then it'll be like, there's no way. Like if you saw that footage, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but right now there's certain areas of like viewpoints or culture or belief. And if you go against that woke culture, get ready for the fire. Get ready for the pressure to bow down. This is the same fire that these young Jewish men found themselves in. They were, they, they were there was cultural, governmental, ideological pressure to bow down to something that was not in line with their spiritual beliefs, their convictions and the Word of God and who they knew God to be and who, they were, who God was calling them to be and how God was calling them to live. There was a pressure from all sides, culturally, governmentally, ideologically for them to bow down and if they didn't bow down, their lives would be burned down. And friends, in this day and age, when you stand for truth, when you stand for the truth of God's Word, who He is, His value system, His ways, His morality, don't be surprised when the shifting culture piles the pressure on you to bow down to that in fear of your life being burned down. But can I say to you today, there's another in that fire too. There's another in that fire. 
And, and I wanna make a decision. I made a decision, I wanna challenge you to do the same, that as a, as a follower of Christ, to make the decision that I won't bow down to the pressure of a changing culture or a popular opinion, or even those who stoke the fire, I will bow my knee only to the one who's in the fire with me and his name is Jesus. Come on, give him some praise this morning. Culture will change, culture will shift, ideologies will shift, dominant narratives will shift. The one thing that doesn't is the Word of God. I'll build my life on that, I'll stand on that, and I'll bow my knee only to Jesus. No gold statue that some political ideology put up, I'm bowing my knee to Him, to Jesus and Jesus alone. Here's a prayer you can pray if you find yourself in that fire, and some of you do, because you're in universities and education and you're in different spheres of government and all kinds of things and there is a pressure on you to bow to a shifting culture here's a prayer I want you to pray Lord give me the strength of conviction to hold firm to you in the midst of a changing culture give me that strength of conviction I'll build my life on the rock not on anything else there's another in the fire no matter what fire you find yourself in church no matter what you may find yourself in, I want this to ring in your mind and in your ears that no matter what, there is another in the fire. He is able to rescue you from it, but even if he doesn't, he's there in the fire. And what binds you, he will burn away and you'll come out the other side without even the hint of smoke on your clothing. Can I pray for you, church? Let's bow our heads online take a moment let's just bow our heads in prayer father i thank you for this company of people and for each of our stories each of our journeys and lord that you're invested that you are working that you are alive and active and lord as we go through seasons where it's like man we're in the fire i thank you that the truth of this story that we've just read from daniel 3 is still relevant now that we might be thrown into the fire, but God, you're present with us. You don't abandon us, you don't leave us. You may not remove the fire from us, but God, you'll be present with us in the midst of it. And if some of us are living in the fire of our own consequence, decisions we've made, bad, uh, bad things we've done, whatever it is, I thank you that you are the redemptive, miracle-working God, and because you're in the middle of the fire with us, our past yesterday doesn't have a bearing on our future tomorrow, that you can write a new story and we can come out the other side without even being tinged with smoke. God, I thank you for your work in our lives to refine. And sometimes, God, the fire we experience is to refine us, to make us better, to remove the bonds that hold us, to reveal the stuff that's under the surface that is actually creating a, a, a lack and impurity and, and maybe a bondage in our lives. God, I pray that you use the fire. Help us to be open, God, to what you're doing in the midst of the fire to refine, to redeem, to restore, to actually help us walk out more free. Give us clarity, God, to see what it is you need to remove that we could go out more free in you. And God, I pray for those who are in the fire of a changing culture right now that are experiencing pressure to bow down, to come in line with a different ideology, with a different political viewpoint. 
Lord, I pray help us to have the strength of conviction to say, I'm gonna build my life on the foundation, the unchanging nature and foundation of the Word of God, and I'm gonna build my life on the foundation of Christ and Him crucified, and I stand but by the grace of God alone, and I will only bow to you. Friends, I wanna pray one more prayer, just while every eyes closed and every head bowed. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus, Maybe you're in this place and you've never made a decision to follow Him before. Maybe you're watching online, this is your first time. You're like, man, I just feel like God is calling me to Him. Maybe you're here and your life is just not right with God. You, you, you've known Him before, but you've walked away from Him. Or maybe you've, you've, uh, you've never walked with God, but you're here today because you're like, man, Steve, I just, I just need to get my life right with God. I'm not right with Him and I want to. I want to get a, a fresh start today. I want to get my life right with God. The truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin, and our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything that you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to everyone today, not judgment, not condemnation, but grace, forgiveness for all your wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now get to walk into the plans and purposes God has for your life. And then friends, there's a great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today and you're not right with God, but you wanna be, I wanna invite you to pray a simple prayer with me now. Online, pray with me as well. No matter where you are in the room or where you're watching from, pray this prayer and I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? Just pray this in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. I'll pray it out loud. You just follow me in your heart. Say these words, say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way and I turn to you. I ask you to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Come and make me brand new. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you prayed that prayer, I'm so proud of you. And I want to invite you to take one little step of faith. Now, it's, it's not a big step. It's just a little one, but it's an important one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want, if you prayed that prayer, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I want you to be really brave when I get to three. And I want you to put your hand up nice and high. If you're online, there's a button that's going to come up saying, I raise my hand. I want you to push that button. And I want you to take this little step. Be bold, be brave. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to stand you up, nothing like that. All I'll do is I will see you. I'll acknowledge you. And you can put your hand straight back down. Are you ready on the count of three? One, two. Three, hands up nice and high right now. Saying, Steve, that's me. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you to my right. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Fantastic. God bless you. Yeah, right here, just to my left. I see you, my man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Count me in. I prayed that prayer. Awesome. Got you over here to my right. God bless you. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Awesome. You can put your hands down now. God, I thank you so much for all those people who just said yes to you. Thank you for the step they've taken towards you. And I know you also come and you meet them here right now. So Lord, bless them, fill them. May they know your abundance and your life. We ask this now in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, put your hands together for all those people. So cool. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. 
For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.